Hello and welcome to Praying for You, the podcast. I'm Bob. I'm Nathan. I'm Abigail. And uh, as you can hear, we have Abigail with us. Abigail um, started the podcast with me last year and she's been with us on many episodes and Nathan has been with me on all of our most recent ones. And uh, today we're going to be looking at John chapter 17 verses 12 and 13. So we're going to be picking up with our discussion on John 17. And today we're looking at Jesus' prayer for our fulfilled joy. Jesus' prayer for our fulfilled joy. And uh, we've recently had opportunities to conduct interviews, and we'll be talking about those. We have a lot of new prayer requests, and so we want to be sure to um, to get into that as well. After all, our, our, the whole point of this podcast is praying for you. Uh, but before we get into our prayer time, we always like to look at a passage of Scripture related to prayer. And here, what we're looking at in John 17 is the prayer of Jesus on our behalf. He's praying for his disciples. Uh, the last time we were together, we were looking at prayer as it promotes unity. Excuse me, got a little bit of an allergy issue. Jesus was uh, praying for our unity. Let, let's go ahead and uh, jump back to John 17, pick up with verse 9. And today we're going to be discussing verses 12 and 13, uh, particularly verse 13, as we're looking at Jesus' prayer for our fulfilled joy. But in John 17, beginning with verse 9, he says, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and, I'm in and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. So we looked at Jesus' prayer for unity, and we talked about how praying for one another unites us, how it uh, develops a bond, it builds bridges. And we talked about the importance of being a prayer for one another and how this uh, podcast is even an example of that. We have people who listen to us in the Philippines and uh, South Korea, uh, in Africa, and then, oh gosh, I, f I forgot, I'd have to look at the analytics again. And uh, we have friends and family all over the world that this allows us to communicate with them. And even though we can't be with them physically, we can support and encourage them and pray for them. And it's such a, a tremendous thing to know that they do the same thing for us. And so through prayer for one another, not only should we be praying for unity, but praying as an act of unity. And so we're following the example of Jesus. Not only was he praying for our unity, but he was praying as an act of unity and promoting unity. Now we pick up with verses 12 and 13. He says, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Now remember, as Jesus is praying, he's praying as though his entire work on earth is fulfilled. And he's praying in the knowledge of the promise that he and the Father are going to bring this about, that God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have purposed in themselves to provide for the salvation of humanity. And in order to do that, Jesus is paying our sin debt. And even though it's a future event at the time Jesus is praying this, he's praying it with the utmost confidence and knowledge that it's going to happen, that it will be fulfilled. Uh, when Jesus said from the cross, it is finished, he meant it. All of the things that were required for our salvation were done. And the plan that was laid before the foundation of the world 
had um, come to its fruition as far as our salvation was concerned, but yet we still look forward to the complete fulfillment of the promise and our hope of the resurrection. So Jesus, as he's praying, he's praying in the understanding that this is fulfilled. It's done. God is sovereign, and what God purposes and intends to do, it's going to happen. And so when you look at how Jesus is praying, he's praying as though the, the task is completed. And he said, those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Now, a lot, a lot of people get into a lot of argument and debate about verse 12. The main thing is that I want us to take from that right now. And if you have any questions or concerns or want to write in and ask questions, praying for you and yours at gmail.com. That's our email address. Praying for you and yours at Gmail. So if you want to send us an email, if uh, there's something that you think you want us to circle back around to, um, I just try not to get into too deep of a theological debate on our on this podcast because I want to focus on prayer. I want to focus on things that unify us, and talking through things isn't always bad. I mean, I, I think it's a healthy thing for us to get into deep discussions, but sometimes it's a, there's a different platform for that. But anyway, to, to avoid some of the arguments at this point about verse 12, the key thing to understand is that there are those who are saved and those who are lost. And Jesus says that those whom were his or are his, he keeps. And those who are lost are lost. And here, Judas, um, he's the son of perdition. Judas revealed his true character and his nature. I think that, and, and again, this is just looking at the testimony of Scripture, but Judas knew that Jesus had power, had influence, had all of these things, and he desperately wanted the earthly fulfillment of a Messiah right then. <clears throat> he wanted a Messiah to kick out the Romans, to reestablish the Jewish kingdom, to be... Uh, to be the type of king that David was mm. and to recreate that political structure and that nation. And as he began to realize that Jesus was not going to do that, Jesus was talking about a kingdom, but it was not related to the one that Judas wanted. Um, Judas revealed his character and his nature by selling Jesus for the price of a slave. He betrayed Jesus for slave money. Some people think that Judas was wanting to push Jesus, to compel him to, to go ahead and establish the earthly kingdom, that Judas knew that his power was so, so well, that he was so powerful, let me rephrase it, Judas knew that he was powerful enough to establish the kingdom on earth, and to me, it's a perfect example of a lot of times when I hear people pray and they talk to me about prayer requests, they're not genuinely seeking the will of the Lord. They're wanting to force God to do their bidding. And they're looking for some sort of magic prayer or some type of, you know, formulaic equation or some type of, um, you know, like magical phrase that people can use to gain influence over God. And that's all evil, according to Scripture. And to me, Judas was attempting to manipulate Jesus, forcing his hand into doing something that was against God's plan. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost, not at that moment to establish an earthly kingdom. 
And Judas, even though he understood the power of Jesus, he did not understand the purpose of mm. Jesus. And as such, he was lost. And we use that term today for people who are not saved. They are lost. And uh, so they're in a spiritual darkness without the light of Christ in their life. So that's what we see in verse 12. <clears throat> in verse 13, he says, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Now, Jesus says here in verse 13, these things I speak, uh, the things that he speaks in the world. Um, I believe he's referencing the message, you know, the, the message that he had been proclaiming, the good news about himself, the message of the kingdom, and that he's praying in such a way that his disciples are going to know about his prayer. And here we see Jesus interceding on our behalf, and the Bible teaches that Jesus continues to intercede for us. And he's laying the foundation for that relationship as our high priest. Mm -hmm. He's going to offer himself as the perfect lamb without blemish and without spot, the perfect sacrifice. And as such, in offering himself, he's fulfilling the role of the priest. And Hebrews speaks a lot of Jesus as our great high priest. And so we have a high priest who knows all of our struggles and all of our travails who also is interceding on our behalf, and Jesus is praying that our joy might be fulfilled. Mm. And that's where I want to hang out with for a second before we get into our prayer requests. Uh, what does the word fulfill mean to you? When I say if something is fulfilled. It's filled completely because it's like a compound word, fulfilled. Yeah, so that's it's the way totally I, full. The way I think about yeah, it. totally full, that it's filled to its entirety. What do you think, Abigail? Accomplished. Accomplished. You know, I think both of those are perfect. It's something that is filled to its fullness, fulfilled, and something that is accomplished. And so what is a fulfilled joy? What what would that look like? What do you think a fulfilled joy looks like? Um, I mean, is it always being happy and bubbly? Oh, I'm so happy, yay! I don't think so. I got a flat tire. Yay, I'm happy. It's a, it's a constant in spite of current circumstances. It's a constant in spite of, cir of circumstances. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think happiness is completely based on circumstance. Joy is despite of it. Because mm -hmm. most of us don't live in a happy circumstance most of the time. Uh, we as a family are so blessed. We it, It's just... Uh, incredibly so. Incredibly so. We It would take so long to explain how, how good a care Jesus takes care of us. I mean, no, we're not wealthy. We don't drive the newest vehicles, blah, blah, blah. We, we're not talking about what uh, the, the, the current... Um, what do they call those people who are on social media? Influencers? Mm -hmm. We're not talking about what the influencers consider. The American dream. Yeah, the American dream, whatever that is, because it seems to change every five minutes uh, via social influencers. But we're talking about those needs which allow us to do the things we feel Jesus is leading us to do. And in that, our life has purpose. And in the midst of that, we have hope. So even though we have illnesses and air conditioners go out and all these different things that happen like everybody else, 
in the midst of it, we feel the protection of Jesus and we see his blessings. And because of that, there's a joy that supersedes the circumstances. There's a joy that supersedes their circumstances. So it's like a sense of a higher purpose? I, yeah, totally. A sense of higher purpose. You know, so as we're talking about joy being fulfilled, being to its complete level, and it's something that's accomplished in us, we're talking about hope. And for me, like you just said, Nathan, uh, looking at the word hope itself, it's that confident Constant, well, it's a constant confidence related to the fulfillment of faith. Hmm. Hope is a constant confidence based on the fulfillment of faith. By faith, we know this is going to happen. By faith, we know God keeps his word. Therefore, our hope, our knowledge is in God's completing and fulfilling his promises. And therefore, we have joy. You were going to say something, Abigail. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Um, in Spanish, the word to wait and the word to hope is the same word. And so it's kind of the idea of you're hoping for something that you're waiting for. You're, yeah. And it's also the same word for to expect. So you are simultaneously expecting and waiting for something that you're confident is going to happen. Yeah, I've, I've also heard hope defined as a confident uh, fulfillment of an expectation. Uh, or a positive fulfillment of an expectation. You're expecting something and you know it's going to be for the positive. And that's that's what hope is. But for me, that's, that's where our joy comes from. Again, joy is apart from happiness. Happiness is fleeting. It's derived from circumstances. Mm -hmm. But an abiding joy uh, uh, supersedes. That's the word I'm looking for. An abiding joy supersedes our circumstances. Man, that's almost like a tongue twister. So, uh, as we're looking at this, we've seen Jesus' prayer for our fulfilled unity. And it reminded me of a passage in John, I'm sorry, in Romans 14. And the Apostle Paul was talking about things that cause his brothers to stumble. And he's talking about food and other stuff like that. Um, but something he said in Romans 14, verses 16 through 18, he says, Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. But I love that. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy and the Holy Spirit. But when you look at those things, righteousness, being in a right standing with God, how do we obtain righteousness? Can we do it by ourselves? Certainly not. No. By no. Faith. It's by faith. We obtain righteousness by faith, our right standing. We're given the righteousness of Christ. We are, it's called, yeah, in theological circles, they call it imputed righteousness. What does imputed mean? It means bestowed upon us from another source. So it's the righteousness of Christ is imputed on us. So it's the idea of sometimes you hear preachers say when the father looks at us, he sees the righteousness of his son. Mm. You know, he no longer sees our sin. Uh, the word righteousness, I love that word. I've talked about it a lot because in Middle English, where it comes from, the etymology of the word was right wiseness. Mm -hmm. And it means that you were upright in your character. But it came from the courtroom. 
It's the idea, and I don't mean a courtroom as a judge, but I mean the court chamber of a king, a royal chamber. Because especially in the ancient Middle East and in other places, no one could stand in the presence of a king. Everyone had, had to, to bow had or to kneel yourself. or prostrate yourself. The reason why was a security issue. It started off as a security issue. Because if you're down on your face or if you're down on a knee, you can't strike the king. And then it became a sign of respect and of homage. Well, in those courts, the only person who could had the right to walk up to the king was his heir. So there was usually only one person that could approach the king in an upright position. Upright. Righteousness. Rightwiseness. It means you were right in the sight of the king. So you're allowed to stand up. You're allowed to be in his presence. Well, the book of Hebrews says we can boldly approach the throne of grace in our time of needs. We are upright in the sight of God. We're allowed to stand in his presence because that's our rightful place. Because we are what? We're co-heirs with Jesus. So as the father sits on his throne, we are upright. Isn't that a cool thought? Mm -hmm. So... But he says here that, uh, oh, let me go back. Let me find it again. Good grief. Small print. Uh, da, 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 da. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy. So when we are upright in the sight of God, we're in our, our rightful place through faith because of what Jesus did for us. I believe that that our righteousness is where our peace comes from. Because we are at peace with God, and we can be at peace with one another. Mm -hmm. And then, watch the next thing he says. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Joy. And there, it's that, to me, it's that abiding understanding that grows out of hope. What? We are at peace with God, therefore our hope is secure, and now we have joy. Go ahead. If we have the Holy Spirit, then we are going to experience joy in waiting for the Messiah because the Holy Spirit, you know, He speaks the words of God. He, the Lord gives the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit is the Lord, but you know what I'm saying, the Lord, it's like the Holy Spirit communicates us because the Holy Spirit is expecting these great things from God, then that's going to affect our attitude, or well, at least it should if we're listening to Him. Yeah, uh, in the letter, in the John's letter, uh, in 1 John, he talks about our anointing, our unction, which is just the indwelling and the illumination of the Holy Spirit. It's, mm -hmm. it's, that, it's that knowledge, it's that strengthening, it's that encouraging, it's the gifting. All of these things come from the presence of the Holy Spirit, who is God in our life, revealing more of Jesus and the will of the Father. It's that perfect unity, which we looked at last time. So... Again, we're looking at Jesus' prayer for our fulfilled joy in John 17, 12, and 13. If you want to get in on the discussion, send some comments, questions, prayer requests, praying for you and yours at Gmail. And I have a long list, and I'm not going to go into too many details, uh, but we've recently had a prayer request for someone who's going in for a surgery Friday. Um, so this is the what? Uh, that'll be the first Friday of September. So we'll be praying for that person's surgery and then hopefully we'll find out about that. 
Also, we had a prayer request from a business owner in the community of uh, or the town of Rockmart, Georgia. Uh, she asked for prayer for their downtown. Also, uh, there's a lot going on community-wise and things happening there, and she wants Christ to be at the center of that. Also, uh, a business owner, a Christian business owner in Rome, Georgia, has requested prayer that uh, he will honor Christ in his business endeavors and that uh, the Lord will bless in the midst of a difficult uh, economic situation. And he's going through a lot of transition with his business. Also, we had a prayer request from uh, a group of workers. They work for a newspaper uh, who prints for a lot of different publications in Tennessee. And they just asked that we would pray for their uh, all the employees there for their safety and uh, um, for their general blessings and that their business would continue to do well. Also, uh, we've had family in Ghana who have been uh uh, communicating with and uh, I'm doing some more research about it but apparently the Ghanaian tourism board and uh, under the leadership of the president there's a lot of things going on in Ghana they're calling the Ghanaian, the Ghanaian diaspora or the return um, so there's these special things that are happening in Ghana for a long time about uh, Ghanaians coming home and a lot of celebrations and a lot of great things happening and it's really helping the economy and there's a lot of great things going on right now in Ghana and the prayer request is that Christ will be at the center of this that it's a great opportunity to share Jesus and even though these a lot of these people who are coming to Ghana are from Ghana originally or or their ancestry is related to Ghana um, that they uh, can be reached for Christ while they're there uh, so that's a, a great prayer request. Uh, we have two families right now with COVID, one in Kentucky, another that has three family members affected with COVID in Georgia, near the Atlanta area. Uh, there's an upcoming uh, outreach event that our band, Face, will be playing at in Georgia on Labor Day. So pray for a harvest of souls and uh, a blessing on that day. Also, we mentioned our brother Chad quite a bit. Uh, Chad has some upcoming travels. Uh, Chad's in Central Florida. If you're listening, Chad, we love you, brother. Um, we can't mention where he's going. There are safety and uh, other factors there. So, But just please continue to pray for Chad and his upcoming trip for his safety. Also, please remember, continue to remember Brother jo uh, brother Marshall and brother uh, and Sister Jax. Sorry about that. Uh, Marshall is heading to Africa. Jax is heading to Belize. Also, uh, I've had uh, another mention of someone, and i got to follow up with them and hopefully set up an interview, heading to South Africa on a business trip, but also looking to share Jesus uh, coming up in October. October is going to be a big month. Uh, we have prayer requests for several pastors. Uh, a pastor who's recovering from surgery in Berea, Kentucky, uh, a pastor in Kenya, um, a pastor in Accra in Ghana, uh, a pastor in Georgia, a uh, prayer request for a pastor in Alabama. Uh, he is, uh, where is Pastor Orlando from, Abigail? Venezuela. Okay, so Pastor Orlando is from Venezuela. He's pastoring in Albertville, Alabama. We've got to know him through different ministry engagements and just a dear brother in the Lord. And recently he's had two children mm -hmm. who moved away to go to uh, a Bible college in Kentucky. And they're praising the Lord for that, but it's also a big transition. They were key members of his ministry team in Albertville. And of course, being a loving father with a tight-knit family, uh, you know, they're, they're adult kids. They live their own life, but 
You know, it's hard. And I'm sitting here with two of my adult children. I totally get it. They will always be our babies in one fashion, even though we love to see them mature and grow and be the adults that Jesus wants them to be. Also, there's an upcoming workshop uh, dealing with uh, small groups and different ministries in a church in Georgia. Uh, and we've had uh, uh, prayer requests. Uh, we mentioned a young man a couple weeks ago who was recently came to know the Lord and was saved in Scottsboro, Alabama, and was baptized during his lunch break. So please continue to pray for him and his spiritual growth and maturity. Also, we were given a great report of, I uh, don't know the exact numbers, got to follow up with some details, but there was a prayer of praise and celebration from uh, a great worship service in Lafayette, Georgia, where some people were saved, and there's some follow-up coming from that. Oh, also a prayer request for Pine Ridge Indian Reservation and the pastors that are serving there. And uh, also I'd like to remember the pastor, uh, Abigail, uh, do you remember the name of the church we were at in Kansas? Oh my goodness. In Kansas. In Kansas, when we were out there. Or do you mean in Nebraska? I'm sorry, in Nebraska. Good grief. <laughs> yes, because we stayed. That was in... Um... What was it, Russellville or something? Yeah. Uh, oh, good grief. Uh, my brother, if you're listening, I apologize. We're going to have to go back and look. The reason why I said Kansas, that was a, 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 a really very, fast very and a lot drive. of driving. And on our way back, we stayed in the home of some friends of ours in, in the Kansas ministry City. in Kansas City. And uh, that's the reason why I was thinking of Kansas. But the church we were ministering in was that's in Nebraska, Nebraska, just south of South Dakota at the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Jesus knows who they are. We need to be more faithful in writing these notes accurately. That was my bad. And as always, we're praying for you as well, our listeners. Um, we don't know exactly who you are, don't know exactly where you're at, but we know that our loving Savior knows you and that he speaks to your heart and we're praying for you and know that you're loved and appreciated and valued and needed. We need one another so that we as the body of Christ can reach our greatest potential here in this world. And uh, who would like to start praying first? I will. I'll start. Okay. Abigail will pray. Nathan will pray. And then I'll close this out. Okay. Uh, dear Lord, I lift these people to you that we have mentioned. Jesus, I know that you were listening as we were speaking. But I want to say again, um, Lord God, those people who have become our friends and who are our brothers and sisters in Nebraska, on the African continent, um, in Florida, in Georgia, uh, Lord, here in Alabama, uh, in Kentucky, Lord, I am so thankful that we know about things that are going on all over the world and are internationally connected with people through faith. And Lord, that's just so amazing that your children are everywhere. Lord, I ask that you would encourage your children, that you would give them strength. Um, and Lord God, that you would heal those who are ill right now. And um, Lord, I ask um, that more people would come to know you through your children, Lord God, through your people all over the world, Jesus, that you would um, give those who are listening encouragement and wisdom so that, uh, Lord God, they will continue to be used by you so that others can come to know you. Um, and Lord, I want to say thank you for those who came to know you that we heard of on Sunday, Jesus. Uh, Lord, those who gave their life to you, Jesus, that's a miracle and that's incredible. And Lord, that's what life is about. 
and thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving them. And um, yeah, thank you. Well, Lord, I just want to say this thank you for everything you've given us. And um, sometimes it can be kind of hard to focus on you every day because of all the distractions, the distractions in this world. But I just pray that uh, you give us the strength that we don't allow those distractions to keep our eyes away from you, that we look at you and we keep you as our goal so that we can live the lives that you've intended us to live. Lord, we are so grateful that you are aware of the needs that we don't even know about. But Lord, you still want us to voice them. You want us to bring them to you as an act of fellowship, as being part of a community, of being in communion with you. Jesus, I celebrate that about you, that uh, the creator of the universe wants to hear about my day because you love me. The creator of the universe wants to hear about the struggles of our Christian family, wherever they may be, because you love them. And Lord, we thank you for that love. We celebrate that love. Lord, we are so encouraged to know that you are ministering and healing and saving, drawing people to you. And Lord, we hear so many crazy things in the news and there's so much going on around us. Lord Jesus, we have more information available to us than at any other time in history. But it is so perverted. It is so distorted. It is so confusing. Lord, it's difficult to know who to hear, who to listen to, what the truth really is. But Jesus, we know you are the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through you. Lord, we celebrate that you are truth. And that in a confusing, distracting world, we can know the truth when we know you. So we celebrate that about you today, Jesus. These prayer requests, Lord God. I, I, Jesus, I'm so thankful that we're getting prayer requests for the salvation of communities, for the betterment of businesses to have a godly presence. Lord, I know that you want to hear about physical needs, but Lord, so many of the prayer requests we're hearing now are beyond that. People are trusting you for physical healing, but they see a desperate need in their communities, their towns, and their nations. And Lord, they're more concerned for the salvation of the people around them than for their own physical well-being. And Jesus, I celebrate that. I celebrate that reflection of your heart of love. So Lord, we know in the midst of all of these prayer requests that were mentioned, there are unmentioned requests that people need healing. They need strength. They need resources. They need so many things, Lord, to see these ministries come about, to see these communities changed. They need your power. They need your miraculous intervention. But Lord, they're not even focusing on their needs. They're focusing on the lost, the dying and the hurting around them, and those are the people that they're concerned about. And Jesus, I celebrate the love of your body. I celebrate the love of your church, the love of your bride, for those the rest of the world doesn't love and considers unlovable or unlovely. Jesus, thank you for the heart of your people, for the world around us. So Lord, uh, 
we have these requests that are mentioned, the mission trips, the communities, our pastors. Lord God, thank you for our Bible teachers and our pastors and our bishops and whatever title they go by. Jesus, they are your servant if they are truly following you and preaching the truth of your word. And we know that titles are irrelevant. What matters is the heart of the man and the woman that is sharing you. And Lord, we thank you for those who are sharing your truth accurately and with a passion and following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And Lord God, we ask your blessing upon them. We ask for a miraculous intervention for your word to go out in such a powerful way that it continues to result in salvations. And Lord Jesus, we celebrate these great reports of people who are getting saved in the midst of difficult situations. We love you, our King. We thank you for all of these things. And it's in your most precious and holy name we say amen. Amen. Well, thank you all so much for being here. And again, this was Praying for You, the podcast. We looked at John 17, verses 12 and 13. And we were looking at Jesus' prayer for our fulfilled joy. And once again, I'll remind you, our email address is praying for you and yours at Gmail. Praying for you and yours at Gmail. Thanks for listening.